ladies, gentlemen, gender fluid folks, and NBs. Good evening and welcome to Working Class Advocates. I'm your host, Jesse Austin. I figured I'd dedicate today's segment to explaining what Working Class Advocates is all about and why the preservation of labor unions is so important to us. I live in a right-to-work state, which, at its simplest, means that unions cannot charge fees or union dues. The National Right-to-Work Defense Foundation promises that this law is not in any way pro- or anti-union, but frames the law as a protection of individual freedoms to join a union but not be forced to do so. So, very interesting framing that they choose here. We'll take a quick look at their FAQ just to show like what their position is. I don't agree with this. Very strange that they say um, it is defending your right to join a union. I live in a right-to-work state. I've never felt like I had a right to join a union because there are no unions here because they cannot fund themselves. Because you'll see here, a right-to-work law guarantees that no person can be compelled as a condition of employment to join or not to join. So that's what they always like to center nor to pay dues to a labor union. So I'll read that again. A right-to-work law guarantees that no person can be compelled to pay dues to a labor union. So the bulk of the law, the bulk of these right-to-work laws, is in making sure that labor unions cannot charge fees, cannot charge union dues. The right-to-work principle, the guiding concept of the National Right-to-Work Legal Defense Foundation, affirms the right of every American to work for a living without being compelled to belong to a union. That is, compulsory unionism in any form, union clothes or agency shop, is a contradiction of the right-to-work principle and the fundamental human right that the principle represents, the right to work for a living. Have you ever felt like that right has ever been under threat, just personally, whether you live in a right to work state or not like just look back on your jobs and and think like has your right to work ever been under threat by by unions or just greedy companies that decided you're not worth paying anymore because i know for me i've never had a union like interfere with my right to work if anything it's been employers that wouldn't give me the proper accommodations or employers who simply straight up wouldn't hire me you know so yeah, that's what these guys are about. I'll leave this link in the description so you can read more, see how they frame things. The National Right to Work organization and other defenders of this law will often say it just makes it so union membership is not compulsory to prevent unionism abuses, as we've just read there, but it effectively makes it so employers can put union presidents in jail for charging dues. In other words, if you want to run a union in a right-to-work state, you're expected to crowdfund it with GoFundMe or have like 500 bake sales. Right-to-work appears to be designed to weaken unions by indirectly gutting their funding so as to create a self-fulfilling prophecy. Look, the unions can't do much for you anyway. You're just going to end up paying union dues for nothing. They say as they point to the so-called failures of unions that have been deliberately sabotaged by an endless host of corporate union-busting tactics since the labor movement existed. If the boogeyman story that the anti-union proponents tell us is really true, that unions only want to enrich themselves and don't help out the worker when it comes to pay, safety, etc., and this is not a load of projection from employers, then surely the data on workplace safety in right-to-work states versus non-right-to-work states would reflect that, right? The National Right-to-Work Foundation can claim whatever they want, but what ultimately matters most is whether workers are safe on the job. 
Which brings me to a really great source from Labor's Health and Safety Fund of North America. This article, Why Right to Work is Wrong for Safety, provides data that shines a lot of real light on this issue. So let's dive right in. Why Right to Work is Wrong for Safety In February, West Virginia became the 26th state in the U.S. to enact deceptively named right-to-work laws after the state's House and Senate overrode a veto from Governor Ray Tomlin. In recent years, similar battles have been fought in Michigan, Wisconsin, Illinois, and Ohio with mixed results. Corporate interests winning out over the working class in a state like West Virginia was shocking to many, especially when the downsides are so well documented. These laws are nothing more than an attack on good, family-supporting middle-class jobs, says LIUNA General President Terry O'Sullivan. So-called right-to-work laws decrease job safety, increase income inequality, and weaken the voice of working families. LIUNA will continue to fight against these laws across the U.S. and Canada in all of their forms. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, workers in right-to-work states earn almost $6,000 less per year on average. They're also less likely to be offered health insurance at their jobs and more likely to pay higher premiums when it is offered. Job safety at risk. The effect on workers' wages is clear, but worker health and safety suffers too. The BLS reports the rate of fatalities in the workplace is 54% higher in states with right-to-work laws. That's huge, 54% higher. This is a staggering difference in the level of safety provided to workers. What's behind this increase in workplace fatalities? As the Economic Policy Institute notes, right-to-work laws are designed to hurt unions and lower wages. Unions give workers a voice in the workplace, allowing them to speak up about hazards on the job without fear of retaliation. And I can say, from personal experience, I've had a great deal of fear of retaliation from human resource departments at corporations without unions. And if you're in a right-to-work state where it's virtually impossible to form a union, nobody has any exposure to any alternative, so they think that this is how it has to be. When right-to-work laws weaken this system of checks and balances, workers may no longer feel comfortable speaking up about safety. Unions also pour lots of resources into training workers to do their jobs safely. When unions aren't able to provide this training, such as through apprenticeship programs, workplace safety suffers. This trend can also be seen in states with low union density, where fatality rates are about twice as high compared to states with high union density. In fact, a University of Michigan study found that for every 5% that union density increases, states can expect a 1% decrease in deaths on the job. Jeopardizing the health of workers and their families. Increasing evidence shows that public health is also better overall in states without right-to-work laws. Each year, the United Health Foundation publishes America's Health Rankings, which give a comprehensive state-by-state view of the nation's health. While personal behavioral choices contribute to rankings like these, the UHF also factors in health policies and the availability of clinical care in each state. As the chart below shows, there's a strong correlation between right-to-work laws and poorer health for workers and their families. In 2016, eight of the top 10 healthiest states were free from right-to-work laws, while nine of the 10 unhealthiest states were right-to-work. Alright, so what this chart is showing us is the right-to-work states are in orange and the non-right-to-work states, it's called right-to-prosper in this chart, is in blue. So if you rank the states by their healthcare, um, 1 to 50, you see that most of the right-to-work states 
are on the right side in the lower half, they have worse health care. So if you split it in half, we, we've got one, two, three, four, 16, 17, about 17 right to work states on the lower half, whereas you've only got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, only got nine right to work states out of one, two, 25 only nine out of 25 states that are right to work but on the upper scale when workers paychecks shrink and they don't have reliable affordable access to health care there are real consequences public health professionals know that factors like education and income are a part of building healthy communities for example families with extra income are more likely to choose healthier food options a harvard study found that the difference between a healthy and an unhealthy diet is about a dollar and fifty cents a day for a family of four, that's about $180 a month. Having the ability to make healthier food choices is just one area where income can directly impact the health of workers and their families. Public school funding lags behind in right-to-work states, too. These states spend $3,300 less per student on elementary and secondary education, driving away good teachers and leading many right-to-work states to be among the lowest performing in the country. As U.S. Secretary of Labor Tom Perez said earlier this year, if you are a member of a union, your median weekly income is roughly $200 more than if you are a non-union member, and that doesn't include benefits. Right-to-work laws aren't just the right to work for less, they're also the right to work in unsafe conditions and the right to poor health for workers and their families. Alright, that about wraps up the show. Guess we'll do some bonus footage. Let's go ahead and watch some anti-union propaganda and laugh at it or debunk it. This is from Target. Think before you sign. Welcome to Target, where we know you'll have a terrific experience. I'm Doug. And I'm Maria. And even if you already started working here, you're already part of an important team and a great Target store. That's right. Now you were chosen to work in our store because we think you'll help us achieve our vision of being the best company ever. You'll probably learn something new every day, at least for a little while. There'll also be a lot of challenges. If you ever have a question, all you have to do is ask it. Everyone here from the CEO down wants you to be successful. In fact, Target prides itself on our open door policy. Ask your team leader, ask your ETL, or ask any supervisor. Their doors and every door are always open to you and what you have to say. Two-way communication, fair dealings are a key part of our culture they and a key part of our like success. We all haven't had the experience of we're bringing in a very up the concern business. and having and them just all brush the it off. Like, we yeah, to. we'll get around in order to, to stay ahead right, of the get other back guys. to work. Now, just a few years ago, we really didn't sell that much in the way of grocery items. But now, well, many of our stores have a full-line grocery, and others sell many more food items, which means that we're now competing not only with other retailers, but with grocery stores too. That's a huge challenge, but we believe we can win the battle with the competition because not only do we have high quality products at competitive prices, we've got the best guest service in the business. And because we're the best, that makes those of us at Target a target ourselves. We're a target because we're a threat to unions, the unions that represent grocery store workers. When we take business away from unionized grocery stores, that means they need fewer employees. And fewer grocery store employees mean fewer union members. And fewer members? Well, that's They're a problem for the union business. They're just bragging about being a monopoly. That's right. Like, am I, I missing business. something? Union business. 
A union is not a charity, it's not a club, and it's not part of the government. It's a business. A business that has to take in money to survive. But it doesn't have any products to sell. All it has is memberships to sell. A union's only source of income is the money they charge members. Money for I initiation, love, like, the dues, fines, quality. You get the picture. So it's pretty obvious that the fewer members their oh, business no. has, all of my 280p dollars. The union's only away. alternative is to get more because people to pay the their hard-earned money to them in dues every month. And that's becoming more and more of a problem for unions every day. Fifty years ago, one out of every three workers was in a union. Today, that number, excluding government workers, is dropped to less than one in ten. One of the biggest reasons is that workers know that all the good things unions once did, child safety laws, workman's comp, all of that, Damn. they're all laws today. They up child laws labor. protecting workers. That's the only reason we don't have child labor a long time ago. And nobody wants to pay dues for something they already have. Target team members agree union representation is not in their best interest. In fact, not one group of Target team members today has chosen to be represented by a union. Ultimately, what works best for Target and our team members not, is not the ability the to here in North challenges, Carolina, resolve issues, right to work. and grow the business together yeah, they, without for some the reason, they haven't of a done union it here. or they other third chosen party. To be part third party <laughs> representation, trying to divide us, is contrary oh, to our company man, philosophy crazy. and belief. Alright, that was a lot of fun. Hope you all enjoyed that. Looks like that's just about going to do it for today. If you enjoy our content and want to see more, please like, comment suggestions for stories to cover, subscribe, and share. If you want to support the show, consider becoming a patron or making a one-time donation through Cash App or PayPal. Workers of the World Unite, I love you all and have a good night. I'm saying those in power have delusions of grandeur. They are the problem, we're the solutions We stand up and call them out Because we're ruthless and we go hard Don't got no games to play So we protest and vote smart Protest and vote smart We call for revolution since day one Get it understood And we won't stop until everywhere It's all good And we won't stop until, until, until Everywhere it's all good